Hello and welcome to the Talking Indonesia podcast. This is your host, Charlotte Satyadi, coming to you from Singapore Management University in Singapore. The Indonesian government is aiming to vaccinate two-thirds of the Indonesian population in order to reach herd immunity against the COVID-19 virus, and President Joko Widodo has set a deadline of 15 months from January of this year for the program to be completed. But the sheer size of the population and its geographical extent make the vaccination task a very challenging one. So far, the vaccination campaign has been criticized as sluggish, even with the cooperation of private healthcare providers in the vaccine rollout and public education campaigns. At the same time, the government is trying to keep the economy going, so in order to balance the vaccination drive with ongoing productivity, they have enlisted the help of private corporations to launch and pay for inoculation drives. In March, state-owned pharmaceutical company Biopharma and the Indonesian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, or Kadin, signed a cooperation agreement on the implementation of the self-funded vaccination program targeting employees of private companies and their families. Known as the Vaccine Gotong Royong, or the Community Cooperation Vaccine Scheme, Kadin will register private companies in Indonesia and calculate the quantity of vaccines needed for the program. So far, more than 8.5 million workers from 16,500 private companies have registered to receive the self-funded vaccine. According to Health Minister Budi Gunadi Sadikin, the government is planning to secure 426 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines for the self-funded vaccination program. While this public-private cooperation may sound like a good way to hasten the rollout of the vaccine in Indonesia, some observers are worried about problems to do with vaccine supply, potential for corruption, and low health standards in the implementation. To talk about the role of the private sector in the Indonesian government's fight against COVID-19, I speak to Dr. Andreasta Meliala. Dr. Meliala is the director of the Hospital Management and Public Health Graduate Program at Gajah Mada University in Yogyakarta, where he also serves as the director of the Center for Health Service and Management at the Faculty of Medicine. After completing a master's degree in hospital management at Gajah Mada University and then a master's of advanced science at Medicinsch Universität in Innsbruck, Austria, Dr. Meliala gained his doctorate from the School of Public Health Faculty of Medicine at Gajah Mada University in 2015. He is currently the technical advisor for the regional health department of the special region of Yogyakarta. Thank you so much, Dr. Andre Meliala, for joining me on today's podcast episode where we're going to be talking about the role of the private sector uh, in the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine and also in Indonesia's continuing fight uh, against the COVID-19 pandemic. So, Dr. Andre, thank you so much uh, and welcome. Yes, uh, you're welcome, uh, Charlotte. It's also delightful for me 
to be interviewed by you. Uh, and the topics is also uh, very interesting and very relevant with uh, today's uh, situation. Well, I'm very lucky to be talking about to you because you are the expert uh, when we're talking about the topic of uh, the role of the private health sector in uh, in Indonesia more broadly, but also in the combating of COVID-19. But before we go uh, more specifically into talking about uh, the role of the private health uh, sector and the private sector more generally in uh, in the pandemic, I know this has been your research for a while. So I was wondering whether you can give our audience a little bit of an overview about how important is the private health sector in um, the provisions of healthcare in Indonesia more broadly? Yes, in the Indonesian context, the private sector uh, has been established uh, for a long time ago. Maybe I can say that uh, since the Dutch uh, period, uh, by that time, Indonesia already uh, having such kind of a two-tier system uh, where the government uh, provides the uh, healthcare services uh, all together with the private sectors. Uh, most of the private sectors are non-profit organizations. And then the healthcare market has been uh, uh, developing. And then uh, since uh, 1980s, uh, the, the private sectors are uh, evolving into uh, for-profit uh, entities. Right. And then um, because of the, of the size of the market and also the opportunity, um, most of the private sectors are, are growth faster compared to the government. And even up to now, uh, we can see that, uh, for example, the hospitals, uh, maybe around 60% of the hospitals are in the private sectors, uh, belongs to the private company. Right. And then uh, the government is only 35%. Uh, and then if we talk about the trust of the patients, this is mainly because of the access. As uh, we can see that uh, the private hospitals are everywhere, particularly in this uh, island, in Java Island, yep. where 50% of the population are here. So they uh, use the private sectors more yeah, compared to the, to the public one. But also it depends on the class of the hospitals and also the disease. Yeah, because some of the government hospitals, the, the, the highest one, the A-type hospitals, uh, they, are, they provide uh, more services, more sophisticated uh, uh, devices and also having more experts. So uh, in this case, uh, most, of the, most of the people, they will go to this level. But uh, since uh, 2014, when we implemented the, the GKN, the Jaminan Kesehatan Nasional, and then all the system uh, has changed. Uh, we apply the so-called referral system and then uh, we can see that uh, all the private sectors also joining this program. Right. Yeah, so uh, uh, the trust uh, may be uh, a little bit relevant if we are talking about uh, the, the old uh, healthcare system, but uh, during this uh, uh, Jaminan Kesehatan Nasional system, mm -hmm. uh, I think 
the trust uh, is not really relevant anymore yeah, for, for certain groups. But uh, we have also the data that the cream de la cream of the community in Indonesia, they still want to have uh, more uh, higher services abroad, I not see. in this country. By the way, for our listeners who are not familiar with the JKN system, that's the um, yeah. Indonesian universal healthcare system that is afforded uh, by the government and that was rolled out uh, at the beginning of the Jokowi presidency. So with uh, so that's really interesting. Like even um, the, the statistics, Pa Andre, uh, of the uh, private hospitals in Indonesia, you mentioned before that it's 60%. That seems to be quite high to me. Is that is that high or is that quite normal for for countries and in particular developing countries? Uh, because of the policy in Indonesia that uh, opened the uh, opportunity for all parties or all companies to uh, contribute their services in the national health uh, system. So uh, I think this is a normal. Yeah. Why? Because the government, they only establish the hospitals and uh, clinics based on the administrative uh, regions. For example, the province, the districts, and also the sub-districts. But then in certain areas where the population is uh, really, is a high-dense population, right. uh, so the, of course the demand needs uh, more uh, services so uh, that's why the private sectors uh, contribute in this uh, area because uh, in indonesia uh, the private sectors in the eastern part of indonesia for example in in papua mm -hmm. uh, they are a kind of a mission organization right. this is not for profit organization uh, they provide uh, healthcare even involved in the basic uh, healthcare services up to the health promotion and uh, prevention. Yeah, and then the other is uh, kind of uh, NGOs who already uh, supported a lot of uh, government program. And the other, the last one is the, the private company, which is, uh, we call it uh, for-profit organizations. Right. That mostly they're working in the in the hospitals uh, and also in the pharmaceutical uh, company. So this is this is the entity of these uh, private sectors. Right. And right. the rules would be uh, different uh, depends on their entities. Thank you very much for that overview because it gives us um, a, a more of a context then to talk about, particularly in the context of the current COVID-19 pandemic. There's been uh, quite a lot of reports recently regarding uh, the government also approaching uh, the private sector, um, not just private healthcare providers, but also private companies, for instance, in assisting with the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine rollout in Indonesia. Can you tell us what role the private sector will play or has already started to play um, in the continuing fight to control the COVID-19 pandemic in Indonesia? Yeah. So the Indonesian strategy to manage the pandemic actually is based on the international guideline and uh, it has been implemented accordingly to the Indonesian context, which varies from one region to another. So we have a general guideline 
But then the central government led the local government to modify or to add on another strategy. It depends on the resources and their uh, situation. I see. Okay. Yeah. And then the regulator of the resource mobilization is still the government uh, from central to local. Because in Indonesia, we uh, apply the decentralization system. Uh, the provincial health office uh, and also the district health office are the regulator in the province and district level. And the backbone of uh, the services during the pandemic is still the public facilities. Right. Yeah. But then in the context of Indonesia, the disparity of resources has long been identified. Uh, Java Island is the most resourceful region compared to other part of Indonesia, particularly with the eastern part. And private sector does exist uh, in Java, Sumatra, Kalimantan, and some part of Sulawesi. And in this area, the private sector existence is obviously doing so-called uh, business, yeah, quote-unquote, in the healthcare. Yes. Uh, but in the Isles and eastern part of Indonesia, the private sectors have been involved in the health sector to do a kind of uh, mission services, doing a kind of uh, essential healthcare services. So in this case, the private sector has been the partner of the government uh, for a long time. And the rules are very specific uh, related to their entity and location. I For see. example, some NGOs and mission organizations are involved in the health education, in the preventive and promotive action. But the private hospitals are involved in the vaccine rollout, okay. treatment of COVID patients, and also uh, providing a test the testing yeah, for special purposes for the people. For example, if I want to go to Bali and I have to have a, a clearance with the test, so I have to do the, the anti, antigen uh, test. And uh, this is mostly provided by the private sectors. So this, do these private operators, when they provide services to do with COVID-19, say like the vaccine rollout or vaccine test, uh, sorry, or, or the uh, virus testing itself, do they get funding from the government in order to provide these services, Pa Andre? Yeah, uh, I think in the beginning, uh, uh, some kind of uh, subsidy has been uh, provided, but just to uh, to start, yeah, just to start. I see. But I see. Uh, yeah, but later on, this is uh, uh, the initiative of the of the private sectors. So they know that uh, quote unquote the market is there, and they provide the services. The price is regulated by the government. I see. Yeah. So they don't. They don't have any chance yeah, to uh, create, uh, how do you call it, uh, supplier-induced demand or uh, they uh, monopolize uh, some of the uh, of the services. No, uh, but this is uh, purely to provide uh, access for the people. Right. Okay. Uh, let me ask you then, Pa, and this is a, a topic that I'm personally really interested in uh, myself, and I don't have a lot of knowledge uh, on this. Uh, what is now known as the uh, vaccine gotong royong in Indonesian, or yeah. um, uh, I guess gotong royong in, in English would be something like teamwork, like um, teamwork vaccination or communal work vaccination. And this is uh, a new government incentive uh, in cooperation with Kadin or the Indonesian China 
Chamber of Commerce uh, for uh, distribution of vaccines through companies, uh, through private companies, not just private healthcare uh, providers. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this, uh, Pa Andre? Because uh, I, I think a lot of our uh, listeners would know, uh, would have heard about it, but they don't really know what the program is about. Yeah, uh, vaccine gotong royong. Uh, gotong royong, I think uh, the meaning of gotong royong is uh, broader than uh, teamwork or working together. Yeah, I couldn't quite find yeah. the right word. It's such a specific <laughs> yeah. Indonesian context, isn't it? Yeah, because the values are very high. We have a solidarity, we have a tolerance, we have humanity inside these uh, terms of uh, gotong royong. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and helping uh, hand in hand, just kind of like that. Yeah. So, um, vaccine uh, gotong royong actually is uh, intended to uh, provide uh, vaccine for the for the companies uh, that has a lot of uh, workers. Right. And then uh, to keep them uh, productive uh, during this pandemic. I see. And of course. Vaccine Gotong Royong is really, how do you call it, in the different line with the program vaccine that uh, should be done by the government. And the target, uh, starting from the providers and the target is uh, in another line, yeah, in, the, in the other pipeline with the, with the government uh, uh, program. And this is already regulated in the in the minister's uh, regulation number 10 uh, year uh, 2021 uh, permanent case we call it in this permanent case uh, everything starting from the procurement up to the deployment uh, is uh, really clearly uh, written yeah in this permanent case so the government uh, try to give such kind of uh, uh, opportunity for the community that has not been categorized as a priority to get the vaccine, yeah, to uh, get uh, vaccinated by the uh, vaccine gotong royong. Right. And right. yeah, and also the 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 deployment um, it will be in a uh, in a very different way yeah, with the the program. Conceptually, this is a very good idea. Yeah, because uh, you can see that the pandemic is still unpredictable mm. when it is going to uh, it's over. We don't know. And the next wave is also still in front of us. And that's why the government has to mobilize all the resources available in this country. And the grand strategy to balance the health and also the economic growth. One of the measures is uh, doing the vaccination for the workers. And is it possible uh, for this uh, Gotong Royong uh, line yeah, to uh, kind of uh, having the vaccine from the program? Uh, I think yeah, it's a very small chance. Yeah, why? Because the program vaccine, the national program, has been uh, uh, planned for certain groups. And they already calculated the groups. So this is like the elderly uh, frontline yeah, workers, the elderly, people, okay, the public service, okay. the public servants. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is already in one line, and the other line, which is uh, uh, totally separated, 
is for the workers that uh, Kadin mm-hmm. and their group has already calculated uh, the number of workers that need to be that needed to be uh, vaccinated and also when they uh, will be uh, vaccinated i see so this is a totally uh, different pipeline different target uh, and also uh, prior to that Uh, the government, based on their contract with all the suppliers around the world, now they know how many uh, vaccines that Indonesia will have, and to which group this will be deployed. Right. So it's already in the plan. Yeah. So uh, I think the the mixing of these two, yeah, a small chance. Of course, there's still possibility, but a very small chance. With um, with the uh, um, vaccine gotong royong, because uh, in, I know that in order to qualify to be one of the corporations that administer um, the the vaccines, um, I think corporations had to register with Kadin or the Indonesian Chamber of Commerce, right? Are there any? Do you know whether specific industries were? Um, prioritize for this, like for instance, the manufacturing industry or you know agriculture, perhaps like you know w- which workers were prioritized for this private sector rollout. Yeah, I think uh, for this uh, kind of specification and also the uh, to define uh, the group is not really specific, but based on Cardin recommendation. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the from the demand side, of course, Cardin has uh, some uh, consideration. Maybe this is related to the to the travel and tourism, and also related to the manufacture that uh, giving uh, a big leverage to the national economy, and also uh, to the the other sectors that really uh, severely uh, impacted with this and some strategic uh, uh, business. Yeah? Uh, so this is, I think, uh, the consideration of Kadin, and then will be justified by the government. What do you see are some of the potential, I don't want to say problems, but you know, challenges uh, or, or potential, uh, okay, well, I'll say it, potential problems here that could arise from um, you know, the, uh, the, the rollout of uh, this vaccine Gotong Royong through private companies, uh, particularly if we put it in context uh, of, you know, for instance, uh, Kadin itself, right? Like the Indonesian Chamber of Commerce is notoriously political uh, mm-hmm. as an organization as well. Um, what are some of the issues here to do with inequality or workplace uh, healthcare standards, uh, all, all these kinds of issues that you see is potential with putting companies in charge of some vaccine rollout? So uh, we should uh, talk about this with uh, two uh, sides. The first, uh, we talk from the demand side, yeah, which is Kadin. Kadin uh, identify uh, the groups that need to be vaccinated and will be justified by the government with uh, certain uh, criterion. So from, from the demand side, it's really uh, up to Kadin yeah, and also uh, the government because uh, uh, they cannot uh, propose for all the workers. It must be prioritized. And then from the supply side, the government already 
regulate this uh, according to this uh, uh, minister regulations. Uh, they say that the, uh, the, the healthcare services or the institutions um, must have certain uh, kind of uh, uh, specification. Uh, it must be uh, fulfilled all the requirements that already uh, stated by the province health office or uh, district right. health office. So uh, if we're talking about the supply side, the private sectors, the hospitals or the clinics, they can be the, uh, the providers with certain uh, conditions. And also they have to meet the certain standard. Yeah, so uh, although they are a lot of hospitals, a lot of clinics, but then to be the providers, uh, they have to comply with, with certain standards. Right, right. In this, uh, in this regulation, it, it is really uh, clear that all the providers, they have to be in coordination with the local health system mm. and they have to communicate with uh, or uh, report to the district health office. The report uh, is not only about the number of uh, vaccines, but also the, the, the detail of the vaccine itself, the batch and uh, the brand name and everything, and also the target. The target means that they have to uh, uh, write down the name, uh, the, the identity, uh, the company and everything. So uh, the government can see uh, how many vaccines has been deployed and uh, how many people that has been vaccinated. So they can compare this. Right. Uh, so uh, the, uh, yeah, leaking, I think, yeah, is a small chance. Right. Yeah. You know, um, are there any other countries apart from Indonesia, from your knowledge, uh, Pa Andre, that that also uh, enlist the help of private companies uh, and and the private sector more generally in the rollout of of vaccine? Yeah. So uh, if, if we look at vaccine as a kind of a medicine or uh, or uh, logistic, we we know that there is a kind of uh, uh, the cycles of. Uh, logistic management, starting from the uh, the planning and then the procurement uh, use or deployment and also the monitoring and evaluation. So, uh, for example, in India, uh, uh, the procurement of the vaccines is uh, they, they, they ask the, the private sectors to get involved. Right. OK. Uh, and then uh, even in the U.S., uh, the Starbucks, they support the operation of uh, the efficiency of uh, vaccine management in the U.S. Uh, this is uh, su really uh, surprising because Starbucks, they claim they have a more sophisticated system yeah, to make it more efficient. <laughs> yeah. And then even in, in Israel, the IKEA, they say that they can provide in-store vaccinations. Hold on, yeah, like, to... the, like as in the, the, the furniture company, IKEA? Yeah, the IKEA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they uh, help the government to uh, uh, to provide more access for the people. And in in Ghana, for example, the Zeppelin company, uh, they're using drone to drop the vaccine. Yeah, and then uh, another country is Nigeria. Uh, some company, the private company, they uh, involved in the supply chain. 
particularly to provide the cold chain. This is very important for the vaccine. Right, yes. Uh, and in Philippines, uh, the private company, they help the government to do the public communications because they're more effective than the government. Right. And in Congo and Mozambique, uh, the service delivery and in Latin America, uh, companies called Farmalisto, they support the deployment. So uh, if we look at the World Economic Forum uh, website and also the World Bank blogs, we can see that a lot of uh, countries are really doing such kind of uh, public-private uh, partnership. So it's not only in Indonesia. But in Indonesia, we have more variations. We have uh, more involvement of uh, private sectors because uh, a very, very complete uh, types of private sectors in Indonesia. Right. So, you know, I guess to to wrap up and thank you for providing all those examples yeah. from around the world. I guess like you know, when we think about uh, COVID-19 vaccines in particular, we usually um, only associate it uh, in terms of the central government and, and how well or, or, or you know, or poorly uh, a government manages the supply chain. But actually, there's a lot of examples here of um, public part, um, private partnership, like you mentioned before. What do you see? here are uh, some of the both opportunities and challenges here um, in uh, the role that the private sector, both private healthcare and just the private sector more generally in helping uh, combat the COVID-19 pandemic in Indonesia. It's more interesting to talk about the challenges, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first challenge is to engage the private sector into the system. Yeah, because uh, before the pandemic, uh, we have an experience that uh, it's not uh, easy yeah, to uh, ask the private sectors to uh, join in the in the reporting and recording uh, system that uh, developed by the government. Yeah, even even in the hospital, sometimes all the cases and everything is not really uh, well uh, reported. But during the GKN, the uh, Jaminan Kesehatan Nasional system, all those uh, uh, private hospitals and also other uh, providers that uh, involve in the system, uh, they have to manage the report. Uh, they have to manage the report. So this is the first challenge uh, to make the private sectors more comfortable, uh, engage in the in the health system. Right. Uh, why? Because also the the price, you know, price is regulated by the government. Because sometimes the government calculated the price based on the aggregate informations or aggregate data. But uh, we can see that the, the private sectors they are they exist from Papua to Sumatra, yeah, which has uh, another uh, price index. With different price index right yes yeah so uh, regulated price sometimes the, the challenge and then the second challenge is the appointment mechanism because we can see the variation within the private sector itself uh, has been creating a disparity among themselves uh, some of the private providers they are very sophisticated but another is really uh, substandard yeah so uh, if if the government set the standard but then uh, such kind of private sector is not available in certain areas. So uh, they, they cannot meet the requirement, but uh, they are the only one. So uh, we need to still appoint them. 
to be the providers. And then the third challenge is the incentive. Yeah? What kind of incentive that can be provided by the government to encourage the private sectors to involve in the national program to tackle uh, COVID-19? I think uh, these uh, three challenges are really uh, need to be addressed by the government. Yeah, well, on that note, uh, thank you so much, uh, Andre for painting such a clear uh, and comprehensive picture here, not just uh, of uh, vaccine gotong royong and the role of the private health uh, sector in the fight against COVID-19, but just to give us an overview more broadly about the role of the private sector in Indonesian healthcare provisions. I am indebted to you. Thank you very much for joining me uh, on today's episode. Yeah, thank you very much, Charlotte. Thank you very much also for inviting me. And it's a pleasure to have a podcast with you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> that was Dr. Andreasta Meliala, who is the director of the Hospital Management and Public Health Graduate Program at Gajah Mada University in Yogyakarta. Talking Indonesia will return on the 17th of June. Remember, you can find the entire Talking Indonesia podcast archive at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog, subscribe via iTunes so you'll never miss an episode, or find us via your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been Charlotte Satyadi for the Talking Indonesia podcast. Bye for now.